an interactive learning platform for families. Welcome back to Textonation. I'm Fred Fishkin. Joining us from the Juice Learning is founder and CEO Nathan Late. Hi, Nathan. Hey, Fred. Good morning. Good morning. And Brendan Kells, VP of Education at the company. Hi, Brendan. Hi, Fred. Thanks for having us. A pleasure. So let's start at the very beginning, maybe, Nathan, to give us the overview of what the Juice is and how it came about. Sure. Um, the Juice is a learning platform that was created specifically to help children and, and adults, actually. And, and was, you know, I'll share with you why it even is pertinent for adults become better readers, be able to express themselves with more nuance and to have more empathy. The goal was to really create a generation of better critical thinkers. And we thought that if you take a look at the, the civil discourse, if you take a look at, even if we go just to reading scores, what we're seeing across the country, um, you know, it becomes clear that we have a real problem here. And reading is, you know, you heard all those commercials, reading is fundamental, but reading is even more important than you can possibly imagine. And, and are we doing a good job across the country? We're really not. 71% of our eighth graders read below grade level, and they're not catching up in the latter years of middle school and high school, because if you take a look at the population of adults, 54% of adults read at a sixth grade level or lower. And so why is this so, so important? Well, if you take a look at you know various states across the country, be it Florida or Texas or many others, they actually mm -hmm. look at the reading levels, how well their populace reads at very early grades, as early as third grade. And that's how they determine how many jail cells they'll need in the future. So the health of our society as a whole is dependent upon us really doing as good a job as possible at making sure our students, the future of our country, are well-educated. You know, I would ask you, would you go to a hospital that hasn't changed in 25 years? And I think the answer is no, I prefer not. Many high schools and elementary schools, it's not that the teachers aren't trying hard, but teachers have all of a sudden, they're no longer only educators, right? They're now nutritionists, they're social workers, they're security officers. The task the, you know, of what we're asking our educators to do is way beyond why they became educators, that joy. And that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to have a, a product that had incredible efficacy, does it work, and incredible efficiency. Is it easy? Is it plug and play? And that was really, you know, the goal of our technology, because the societal problem is just so significant. Um, that was our clarion call, really. You know, how can we really make the future better? Um, you know, and Brennan was in the classroom for 12 years, and he had incredible administrative responsibilities as well. And, you know, he could, you know, Brendan, maybe you want to explain a little bit of how frustrating it could be as an educator if the kids can't read. Yeah, I mean, I think it was it was eye opening for me uh, when I got into education. I taught at history at the high school level, uh, and I was eager to dive into the rich conversations around historical content. What were students thinking about it? How were they making sense about what they're learning um, and applying it today? And almost immediately, I realized 
if I really want to do that, I need to be a reading teacher first. And I wasn't trained for that. Uh, and uh, in thinking about the juice for families, the thing that I think struck me when I was teaching and that I was always heartened by was by far and away the most common question that I received and is my favorite question from parents at parent-teacher conferences was what can we be doing to support what's happening in the classroom specifically? And my answer was always universally, have your child reading regularly. That's gonna have the biggest bang for your buck by far and away, right? It is foundational to academic success and to success beyond school. Uh, especially being able to read nonfiction text and be able to make sense of the world in that sense, be a more sophisticated consumer of information. And so I would get a lot of nods and then almost immediately from, from parents, how do I do that? How do I actually get them to read regularly? Because um, in an age of distraction, where there's a lot of information and, and uh, ways to consume information, reading has fallen by the wayside at times. Um, and so I think that's been one of the, the challenges that we've set out to try to address. I mean, let's let's put a little bit more meat even on those bones, right? So if you take a look at a national study that was done, only 14% of children re report that they read for fun. 31% of the kids today say that they hardly or never read. I mean, that's mind boggling, right? If you take a look at social media use, and you know, Fred, you're a technologist and, you, and you've been following, you know, what's been going on for for many years now. The average eight to twelve year old is on social media five and a half hours a day. Teens are on social media for eight and a half hours a day. And this is not this is you know this is a study from Common Sense Media. This isn't Nathan and Brendan. Um, these are national studies. And so, you know, when Brendan talks about noise, it's really significant. So one of the things that we do, and there is no one else in the country that does this, is we create fresh content specifically for students, for children, every weekday, Monday through Friday. So we have a team of educators, writers, humorists, and journalists who get and graphic artists, of course, who get together every late afternoon and work into the evening to deliver content that's specifically created for kids. And every story, so the narrative of every story then gets what's called differentiated. It's kind of a buzzword within education. So that every child from fifth grade on can read the same narrative but the sentence structure and the vocabulary differ so that within one classroom or around one dinner table, everyone can be reading the same content, the same narrative, but at their level. And it's, a, it's an incredible breakthrough. So what we're pairing is human ingenuity, right? We still use real writers and, and, and human beings to come up with what we think is imperative for kids to know. And we put that on top of an, an interactive educational platform, an incredibly robust technology. Um, and that's really meaningfully different than anything that you can imagine um, transpiring 
from the time you and I went to school, think about it. In the classroom or at the dining room table, the more able child might be reading Dickens and someone else might be still reading Jane and Dick. And for a teacher or for a parent to have one conversation to be efficient, how that's quite difficult. Now, everyone around the table can be talking about the same subjects. And as they improve, our technology actually moves the child up or down. There are times it is down, of course, to the reading level that is the most appropriate. But the narrative always remains the same. And, and you're saying you're saying you're saying that uh, the the content uh, is devised in a in a meeting, maybe late afternoon. It sounds very much like a newsroom kind of a, a meeting to decide what the top stories are of the day. So, so yeah. tell me, what kind of content are we talking about here? What are you delivering, Brennan? You want to take that? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so we are delivering current events is probably the best way to describe it um we deliver some of the news of the day uh, of what's going on around the world or locally uh, and we also try to highlight um breakthroughs in science um uh, sports and arts and entertainment uh every single we write five articles a day um and so we're we find, we know that that real estate is precious right in terms of uh what what are we going to do we could do five heavy news articles a day we don't um uh, we dedicate one space is going to be our bright side article something positive that's happening in the world as well and the goal here fred really is to give uh young people exposure to a wide swath of content and i think it's all couched under what something that sounds very simple in education this is like ed speak 101 it's it's become a platitude it is and is that best practice in in any classroom and the task is the same for any uh, uh parent who has a goal for their kid as well is to meet them where they're at first and then you can get them where you want them to be right and when it comes to reading you need to meet them where they're at and that's in their interest level one thing I recognized as a teacher right off the bat was students love to talk about what's going on in the world today. You try to put historical content in front of them and they're like, why, why do I need to care about this, right? And so the hook is, here's what's going on today. And now that I've given you a little, little taste of that, it generates questions. And now I can dive into the history of it because that's now going to be relevant to you, right? You see what's going on in the world. It literally happened last night, today, yesterday morning, whatever. Um, and so it's ongoing, but there's a whole context there that now I can weave into this narrative as well, right? Um, and so that's how we choose our content is to try to cover a wide swath without making too many assumptions about what young people are going to like or not like. I think we're consistently surprised um, by young people in terms of the conversations that they've just never been invited to but that they want to engage in, like a conversation around inflation uh, and what that means economically. Uh, we sometimes underestimate just how powerful that can be for young people to say, ah, I finally, because it was written at my level, I feel like I can engage in this conversation, right? I'm not, it's not a Wall Street Journal article that I'm reading. It's a 250 to 280 word article that breaks down exactly what inflation is. It gives me an example of a product that I'm familiar with and what the price has done. And now I have an, an entry point into the conversation. 
to engage with it. Um, and that's sort of how we approach our decision-making on what's gonna be in our lineup any given day um, and how we approach our writing. But the, that sort of going back to that platitude for a minute of like, how do you meet students where they're at? Turns out it's a very complicated thing to do and, and a really difficult task for any educator to try to do with multiple reading levels in front of them in a classroom where you might be teaching what is called ninth grade, but you've got a wide range of reading abilities in front of you. You may have a dinner table where you've got a seventh grader and you've got a 10th grader and they would love to be engaged in the same conversation, but you don't have the same common text, right? Well, now you do with the juice. You have that ability. Um, how do, how do you deal be, with, I'm sorry. No, how please. do you, how do you deal with the, the controversy. I mean, there's controversy today about the, what kids are being taught in school, about what is news, what is real, what is fake. How do you cope with that around the dinner table and in and in other discussions in school, perhaps? Good question. Well, do you want to take it? I can take it as well. Yeah, yeah we can tag team it as well. So, yeah. you know, I think we, what we're dealing with when you think about how vulnerable children are. If you think, for example, the election Brexit was influenced by foreign forces, think about what foreign forces are trying to do with our children. And who is that trusted source that you as a parent, as, a, as an uncle, a grandparent, as a guardian, as an educator, want your children to go to? We have no, let's be clear, we have no horse in the race. We're not blue, we're not red, and we're not purple, because being a centrist is a political point of view as well. Our goal is to make children critical thinkers. We want, we're want we concerned with how they think, not what they think. We've been at this, Fred, and have printed about 11,000 uh, articles. Over that period of time, we lost one homeschooler, one, because we declared president-elect Biden. And we only did that after Fox News did. But that's a pretty good, you know, testimonial to our capabilities to, you know, to, to really report the facts and not to report opinion. We don't have an opinion page. We're not, we're not Don, ha Don Lemon or Sean Hannity. Um, what we are, are people who are driven by the mission to make kids smarter. And we believe smart is a process. What you might ask is, you know, because I do believe where there is a potential for bias is what stories we choose not to report, right? Because a mission is as, as important as anything else. There are only two topics that we haven't reported on. One is cryptocurrency, because we can't figure out how to write that for fifth graders. Remember, that one story would have to translate from fifth grade to adulthood and abortion, because we don't think we should be the, the first source to teach children about reproductive rights. But, tell, me, tell me about your background and motivation in doing this. What was it that that prompted you to start this up? Um, with, with great pleasure. Um, I'm the father of four. Um, and I looked around and started to think about the world that my children were entering. And, you know, I'm not 
so old that I had the McGuffey reader when I was in school, but I am old enough to remember neighborhood watches and conversation and a society that I believe was more civil, that there was greater conversation, that there was a trusted source. Walter Cronkite meant something. The New York Times or the Boston Globe or when the newspaper came in the morning in my house, we all ran and took a section. Those experiences are over. And if you take a look at the, at the conversation or lack thereof, that's what really generated this uh, initial thought. How would my children be entering in a world and where the, you know, was the golden rule even acknowledged anymore? And so with that as a background, Fred, I initially actually thought about how do I work with adults? That was the initial origin story. I realized that adults were pretty much a lost cause. And I thought about how Apple was able to introduce new technology and children dragged it with them as they matured. As, the, as children moved up, you know, generationally, Apple became more successful because they were the initial consumers. And I thought, what could we do? How can we be influential in making children, you know, better citizens, right? If we don't have an educated populace, we're in a, you know, think of what Thomas Jefferson said. So that is the, that is truly the origin story. With that, I started thinking to myself and I started, you know, reading, hiring professionals on what, what is it to be a critical thinker? And as I shared at the beginning, we came up with our own equation. And that equation was, if you want to be able to think critically, you need to be able to read with comprehension. You have to be able to express yourself with nuance. And you have to have empathy for the other. You don't have to agree. You need to be able to put yourself in the shoes of the other. And so- And your background, uh, Nathan, that, that, that led you to it? I started my career- as, on Wall Street, and then I became, I did, I built a couple of software companies during the, the noughts, um, and I became a serial entrepreneur in, in a lot of different industries from uh, databases and, and platforms for, for industry, and um, I'm, I'm an older guy. <laughs> this became my clarion call for my last chapter. This, this became mind-boggling to me when I looked around and thought to myself, I have these skills and I'm fortunate enough to have had success. If I didn't try to contribute, you know, what was my life's purpose for? And tell us how the subscriptions work here, uh, because uh, there are uh, different prices depending on the size of a family. Well, actually, you know, um, it's a professional, I like to say it's a professional grade product. We cut our teeth in with schools. So this is being used in inner city, in school districts, it's being used at the same academy where the royal family of England has gone to school. And then we realized that we really got to produce this direct to consumer, right? Because if we waited for every school to start using it, we can we can be here forever. And so we actually, it's just as simple as signing up for any other uh, subscription service. It's $19.95 a month for your first couple of kids. And what a parent gets is not only do the children get the full um, offerings of the juice every day, but the parent gets parenting tips and insights so they can have a conversation with their child that we send to the parent every single weekday. 
these are conversation, social and emotional questions relating to the content that we're producing. The parent has access to understand, you know, if you buy your kid a book, do they read it? Do they go to the cliff notes? Here you, because we're a SaaS solution, we get the benefits of technology. So you actually understand time on task. You, you know, so is, is little Freddie actually reading it or not? And the whole experience, Fred, is 15 to 20 minutes a day. That's it. And, and I'll go over the efficacy. And so the parent understands, is, is the child using it? And how's the child's performance? And that performance goes back to where that state of residency of your child is. So you know how your child is doing on the New Jersey state standards versus New York state standards or Florida or Texas ticks and so on. So you can actually help your child and, and we give you remedial work by interest level. And we can go over all that. Um, well, this is for fifth graders and up basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you think about it, by the time you're, you know, if you look at the popular press, Reader's Digest is at a fifth grade level. The Boston Globe's like seven, eight. New York Times about ninth, tenth. If you're reading at 11th, 12th grade level, that is the equivalent today of a college text. It's just vocabulary, what they call tier two and tier three words that differ. Um, so yes, the answer is yes. Brendan, tell me what your thoughts are about whether or not uh, this is providing sort of a backdoor to get parents <laughs> to do more reading and, and engage. Oh, that's an interesting question, Fred. Uh, hmm. I think it's, I don't know if I would call it a backdoor. To me, it feels like a front door uh, in that like parents rarely, there's so many barriers to entry for parents to engage with what a student might be engaging with in school. Um, and this makes it easier because it's delivered to inboxes every single morning. And so if a student is reading it in school, fantastic. Then, a then the teacher and the student and the parent, they're all reading the same thing, right? Just at different reading levels. Um, so I don't know that I would think of it that way, but I do think that it is a tremendous tool for generating parent engagement. In fact, I mean, we've heard this as feedback from organizations for whom that's one of their primary goals is how do we engage home with the educational process for our young people as well. Um, we dissolve some of those barriers through the value of our technology, for sure. And, and if you look at like, Fred, if I could just share with you today, what did we cover, right? So what, did, what would you get out of today's juice? There's a story about uh, what's going on with, with Russia and the Ukraine um, with the, the military jet that crashed. There's a story about uh, gene therapy solving a hearing loss issue. There's a story about drought affecting 25% of the population. There's, of course, word of the day, and that relates to where your reading level is. There's a new species of snake in Alaska. What, you know, there was a discovery, and, and what, what does it mean in STEM and the environment? There's a story about uh, teens uh, a teenager teaching himself robotics to design an aid to work with people who have Alzheimer's. We have real-time polling, so you actually get a feedback loop. The quote of the day is from Fran Lebowitz, and then the video of the day is on Angkor Wat. This is all original content created by the staff of The Juice, 
and and think how varied that is. And part of that is we cast that net to attract something should attract you. Something you'll find interesting. Um, I'll show you what the uh, student version of the juice would look like on on my own account. This is the sort of landing page that they go to if they enter it after their from their email. Um, and it just kind of gives them a broad overview of what they've done so far, how many stories have they read, extra juice, and so on. When they open the daily juice, this is what the layout looks like. Um, so it's a card-based system of what the articles are. You can see it's very visually appealing, kind of meets students where they are and what they're accustomed to in consuming information to begin with. And then they can select whatever article they're going to go into. And the way that we've put in the literacy supports is really asking ourselves the question, what are all the reasons why students stop reading? The first one is they scroll to the bottom of whatever they're assigned to see how long it's going to be. So our articles are only 250 to 280 words in length to cut that out. They can listen to it. There's an assistive ability there, and it's going to highlight the text. It can read aloud to them. They can be listening to it on their ear, through their earbuds on their way to school if they wanted to. Um, they can translate it side by side to some 74 different languages, I think. Um, and these translations are not Google Translate. These are vetted and with native speakers to make sure that what we have is truly contextually based. And he, they get the side by side translation there. Um, and then they have tier two and tier three vocabulary. These vocab words are chosen by our educators to be uh, defined within the text so that students have to don't have to go elsewhere to understand what they're reading. Um, with conflicts like what's going on in Russia, this is a really good example of the question that you asked with controversy at times. When we don't know something, that's in the article. Like, we don't know why this plane went down. Russia claims it was this. Ukraine hasn't commented yet. We would never say it's confirmed that this is what happened, right? And so what we do is just tell the story in 280 words as to what happened. You've got the Russian government claiming this, Ukraine has withheld comment, and then answering the questions, we give a little tidbit into what is it gonna to require to actually get an answer to what happened and give some explanation for students there. They have a better understanding of something that's going on in the world right now. But they may not understand the full context of the Russian-Ukraine war. So we also have these extra juices embedded within it where they can click on this and get a whole breakdown in a Q&A format of and the most basic questions right off the bat, just what is Russia, what is Ukraine? You might've been embarrassed to ask that in, in to your parents or uh, to, to your teacher, but here it is defined for you. And now what's been going on over the last almost two years now of this conflict so that they can get a little primer on what they just read about. And it's also been paired with uh, a reflection question, which is a great discussion starter, either at the dinner table or in a classroom, as well as a reading comprehension question that is going to give students immediate feedback on how they did, as well as some pointers about what skill was this actually assessing? What should you be looking for within a text? And this has to do about pulling out evidence to support points in a text. So you can see how independent learning is possible without necessarily having a teacher having to be over their shoulder or a parent having to be on top of them to do it as well. Um, and so that's just giving you a, a very quick overview of what an individual article, every article that we publish is like that. And it's done at four different reading levels where the sentence structures are gonna be different. Some of the vocab is gonna be different, but the content of the story and the takeaway for every student 
is going to be the same so that when they turn and talk to one another at the dinner table, it's going to be as though they've read the exact same story. So through 20 sessions, Fred, by answering that single assessment question after the story, we have a very, very granular understanding of that child's capabilities and are able to prescribe remedial solutions to make that child a stronger and better reader. And that's in part of the magic. And you're available in many countries around the world, right? We're being used in 82 countries right now. So remember, you know, where you saw the translation, a lot of parents might be uh, illiterate in English, but they're perfectly literate if they were immigrants from another country. And here's a way for them to be improving their English and having a, an experience with their parent. So as a, a helping people to learn English or a second language, it's a very powerful tool. And I guess lastly, how how do you deal with, I'm not sure what your staff is composed of, how do you deal with the different viewpoints on different stories? Uh, the, the black viewpoint on a story might be very different than the, a white viewpoint or or Hispanic. Tell, tell us how you deal with that. Uh, take that, Brendan, you want me to? Sure. No, I can take it. I think uh, in a couple of ways, in a couple of ways. Number one, it's a daily grind. Fred is the best answer. You described it newsroom. In a lot of ways, it feels that that way uh, remotely. Uh, but we work very closely together as a team, and we have these discussions every single day on every single article at every single level that we write. Um, and we have trained journalists who are a part of this process in terms of the writing, and their uh, experience is is really valuable in in maintaining perspective right and editing so we have every single one of our articles is edited and and it's a diverse team that's also so we've got multiple viewpoints reading these stories and flagging things right that we may not have thought of as as the original writers so the original authors of it right um but it's edited by journalists um in terms of making sure that we're fact-based and and we're getting it right and we're not using loaded language we're not trying to steer uh, what students think, right? Uh, or, or how they think, right? Uh, we're trying to just give them the information so they can make up their own mind. Um, and it's also it's also uh, edited by our educators to say, maybe we need a little more context here for the seven, eight and five, six level because we shouldn't be assuming this background knowledge already, that sort of thing. Um, but I'll so give you a case pretty of intensive. I just, I'll share a case of sensitivity. In the midterm elections, we had an article that uh, was written and it said the Republicans were crawling to a majority of the Congress and the House. That wouldn't fly. We couldn't publish that. Crawling denotes that an animal crawls. That's the sensitivity of every word that goes into what we do. Um, and, it, and it matters. Words matter. They sure do. So, for more information, maybe to sign up, where where do people go? Uh, they go. They can go to our main website, which is thejuicelearning.com, or specifically for your audience, families.thejuicelearning.com. And um, we we'd love to uh, um, you know be part of everyone's family. Nathan Bye. and and uh, Brendan, thank you so much for spending time with us. Congratulations on what you're doing here. And thank you once again. Thank you, Fred. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Fred.